you know, start st- studying dog body language, know what it means. When the ears are flat and eyes are up and the dog's eye kind of looking away, we call it the whale eye where, if you can see in the camera, like the dog's like looking at the thing while as you see more white than, than black, it's called a whale eye because the dog's like, oh, I don't know what to do. These are signs of stress. If you're not picking up on these little tiny gestures and body language cues, you, you, you're, you're behind the game. You're only going to see the bite, the bark, the growl, the jumping, the lunging. You're only seeing those things like, oh, out of nowhere, my dog reacted. No, it wasn't out of nowhere. Yeah. I bet you if you recorded it and watched it back, it's pretty obvious. He's been telling so, you about it for minutes. Exactly. Before that. Yeah. Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back brother. Coronacast part two. Part two. We're doing this. Um, today's episode, I'm going to na- label the topic straight away. It's called Situational Awareness for Dog Training. Is that Leo I can hear in the background? That is Leo you can hear in the background. <laughs> and he's joining this, the episode today. <laughs> Depending if he's a good boy, we'll bring him in so he can say hello. He's what, nine months now? Nine months, yeah. Nine months and a half almost, yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, grows so fast. It's all good, happy days, and he's a happy little guy. He woke us up at 6 a.m. this morning. Why not? He's ready to go. <laughs> and the sun's not up at 6. It's like 6.45 no, came up or yeah. something. Daylight savings around the corner. That's, yeah, oh, ending daylight savings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winter's coming. Yeah, it sucks. No, it'll it'll be a long winter morning. this year, unfortunately. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, situational awareness. I think it's such an important topic, not just for dog training, but for everyday life. Mm. Um, it's things that most modern humans don't know how to practice because we've become too comfortable. We've become too complacent with, um, with safety or like nothing will happen to me. I live in Sydney and it's like, that's bullshit. Um, because anything can happen at any time. Right. Um, and why that's important for, for dog training is because, hold on, sorry, one second. I'm going to resume my timer. Cool. Um, why that's important for dog training? Well, first of all, if you've got like a fresh little puppy and it's your first time that you, the first like week or two that you're starting to get out and about in the environment around you, um, you know, if you're not paying attention to what's happening around you and if you're not paying attention to your puppy's body language, you're missing out on very valuable um, information of what your puppy's all about. For example, you walk the puppy down the street and at the end of my street, it's a very busy road. And if I'm walking and I start approaching the, the road and my puppy starts kind of panicking and getting a little bit scared, if I'm not aware of that and if I'm not aware that there's a busy road and that could be potentially scary to a puppy, then I get right up to the road and then he starts having like a meltdown and we're like, hey, what's wrong? Oh, my God, there's something wrong. And it's like he was giving signs that he was uncomfortable like three houses down. I was like, you know, a minute and a half ago. So You weren't paying attention? Yeah. Um, yeah, paying fire out people are not paying attention. They've got their head right up their ass and they're just walking around in cloud nine or as you always say, you know, if you're going to walk your dog while you're looking at your phone, yeah. be present with your dog, you know, like so it's really important when you're out and about that you're scanning the environment. Know what is about to approach. So with that puppy, we use that as the example, is that, well, being prepared, have some food with you or something that your puppy really likes. It could be playing with a tug or something. 
And as you're walking, you feel, feel like your puppy kind of freezes and stops and then point, like ease point up and then look towards the road or cows down and starts pulling back. That's where you should kind of ease up a little and use that place of where you are to show him, hey, we're going to play a little game now or let's do a bit of luring or focus on me, look at me, yes and reward, you know, start building on your markers and, and, and your luring so you can get your puppy more focused on you and not get your puppy so focused on the environment around you. Um, if you wait too long until you start having to tell your puppy what to do, then, as I said before, you've, you've made now a bad experience that could have totally been avoided. Mm. And if you, have any, if you know anything about puppies is that, or if you know anything about life is that things scare people at the best of times. Some people are scared of going into a lift. And that's just a person going into a lift. And we know that most people that go in lifts, they don't fall on, on anybody really, except for obviously it probably does happen. But, you know, it's a, we would say it's an irrational fear, but at the end of the day, it, it is a fear. It's something a lot that of fears are irrational, right? That's how they work. Your body is false evidence appearing real. That's it. Yeah, your body's sort of creating this scenario in your head. Yeah, or some like little puppies, like border collie puppies, like notoriously love chasing the cars. So he may not be scared of the cars. He may be looking at the car, going, "Oh, I've got to chase it." So prey drive, you know, don't yeah, high prey drive, and these things just go. Oh, look at these high, high um, paced bulls running down the street. Got to chase it, right? So you um, if you don't have the awareness around you and situational awareness is, is very much using like martial art, um, Krav Maga and a lot of other like functional, um, like street sort of self-defense because if you're walking down the street and, you, and you're not paying attention, you don't know if the, the potential threat has come around the corner. You don't even know if he's crept right up to you or if you're, or if you're sitting at the bar and the guy's staring at you and like, you know, like these little things, like if you're not aware of what's happening, um, you can avoid a lot of these things in terms of a self-defense scenario. You can avoid it by going, I feel really uncomfortable. I'm going to make some space. Or I'm at the train station and I'm a vulnerable person and these guys can't like, you know, there's like a hundred benches and he comes and sits right on my bench. I'm just going to get up and move and pretend to be on the phone, like deflect it. So that's in the everyday life, but for your puppies and for your dog training, um, if you are walking down the street and again, let's go with the puppies. We'll talk about puppies to begin with is that, you know, you're, um, you're walking and then there's a big larger breed coming, it's barking, it's pulling on the lead towards your puppy and your puppy starts getting a bit unsure. At least you now know, oh, my puppy's a bit unsure of dogs approaching us. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's not good, bad, right or wrong. It just is what it is. And then you've got to work accordingly. If you, and I think my situational awareness has become sharp um, working with dogs. So like, like a few weeks ago, I was walking with um, with clients and the ladies are very focused on her dog. So she's kind of like almost staring at her dog when she's walking and you can't see what's happening on the esplanade when there's people coming or if you're in a busy environment where there's dogs approaching all the time, the dog is reactive. So like I would say, so like my, my communication with her was like she's walking and she was like focusing on the dog, trying to keep the dog next to her and kind of engaged. And then I'm like, all right, look, um, you're going to turn around within like 10 seconds, maybe 12 seconds is it going to a dog that's going to pass you. She couldn't see it because it was coming around the corner, but I saw a glimpse of it just around the corner near the trees. And then, of course, like 10 seconds later, the dog approaches and I'm like, and when that happens, I want you to do this. And then like she made the comment, oh my God, like you know what's happening before even the dog knows. I'm like, well, I don't want the dog to pick up on it and then you become reactive to it. I want you to know, oh, the dog's coming. I'm ready to, to, um, to prepare myself for what I'm supposed to do, you know? Um, if we wait for the dogs to show a big display of behavior, then they're in such a heightened aroused state of mind or even stressed out with too much conflict, 
it's very hard to make a learning experience out of that. So, um, so I guess tips on how to become more aware is, well, I've learned awareness from my dogs or even the dogs that I work with, like, you know, on all the years of, of handling dogs, you're walking and the dog will prick up and look around the corner and the dog's probably smelt the dog before it even saw the dog. Mm. So then that's where I'm like, oh, I need to do something about this and I'll probably change. Hey, look at me, focus, play the name game, do a recall, you know, do something to engage the dog onto me rather than fixated on the environment. Because they have such a heightened, heightened senses. Sight, yeah, not so much, but definitely smell and, 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 and hearing. Um, hearing. It's multiple, yeah. multiple times of what a human is, right? Yeah, or like even, for example, I know when someone's coming to my house so we can do dog training because Sunny next door barks at people that walk past us, in particular dogs. So mm. then if I'm waiting and the guys have been like two minutes early, I hear a, do- a car door close and then I hear Sunny barking. I'm like, oh, they must be here, so I come outside. Yeah. Like, you know, like I'm not, dis- I'm, not, I'm not super sensitive to Sunny barking, but I know in that scenario I'm waiting for someone they're going to come and better than them coming and ringing my doorbell and making my dogs bark, which makes their dog stressed out. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to wait for him outside. You know, so like yeah. just little things and I'm attuned to that and it's good if we can become a little bit more attuned. I think become more attuned to to our to um, the surround, our surroundings is when you spend more time um, walking with no headphones on, not looking at your phone and just be in tune with the environment. Meditation helps you with that because you become a little bit more sensitive to sounds that apply to you. Yep. or like just happenings around you, you feel it. It becomes like almost a sense of intuition over time as well probably. Like you pick up on the vibes before it happens, whether you're open to that or not. Um, your subconscious is working all the time. So your subconscious will pick up on things. It's just you've got to connect your conscious mind and your subconscious mind to if it applies to you. I don't want, I don't want you to be paranoid walking the streets going, where are the dogs, where are the dogs? Like you can't be like that because they'll stress you out. I want you to be aware but not paranoid. And I think that's a really, really cool thing to do. Or even spending more time out in nature, go camping and go out for like, you know, um, bushwalks or trail runs and things like that because you will start to, especially if you're out with your dogs, your dog will like hear a sound and prick up going, there's a lizard in the bush or something. So, you know, um, start training that situational awareness by just simply being more aware. So the saying goes, um, you can't control your environment, you can control yourself. Yep. Um, you can't stop the dog and the cars and all these different things that are happening around you, but you can certainly be aware of them so then you can then act accordingly. Or even in, as, again, we talk about the self-defense, is that, you know, you can't stop an attacker just by wishing it away, but at least you can be aware of them. You can make some sort of – or like even when you're driving, you, people don't have a situation when it's just driving. Like, you know, um, don't assume that no one, that everyone's doing the right thing. Mm. You know, Defensive driving, they call it, right, which means you, you sort of – being aware and waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Expect and, and that expecting things something happen. to happen and, and reacting to that. Yeah. You know, and we talk about, you know, we talked about in the reactive dogs, like do we call it a proactive dog? It's just an active dog or do you want to be a reactive handler or a reactive handler? Um, your dog won't put much trust into you if you're reacting just with him. Mm-hmm. Like the dog starts barking at the other dog like, no, no, no. Oh, my God. Stop, 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 stop. Um, but instead, if you can be like, oh, the dog's over there. So when we talk about the look command, and this is a good thing, um, to mention is we so we use food to lure the dog to look into our eyes. The dog looks at us, we mark it, we reward it. Now, when we use this technique as counter conditioning, he sees the dog in the distance, I tell him to look, I reward him. Now, people like I'll teach him that I'll teach that to a client. The next session, some clients will say, 
It doesn't work when I try to get my dog to, I try to distract my dog to look from the, to look at the dog in the distance. And I say, you're not trying to pretend the dog's not there. You have to do the look command once your dog has acknowledged that there's a dog. So the dog sees a dog. You then practice your look. The dog looks at you. You mark it. You reward it. It's because of the dog in the distance is why I'm getting you to look. Not, oh, there's a dog. Let's try to make sure he doesn't see it. Because that's not training. That's just kind of avoiding. Yeah. And sometimes you may need to avoid depending on your level of training and where you're at. But, um, but ideally, you want to be able to go, oh, the dog's coming. So I'm going to go reach in my pouch and get the food. So then as soon as he starts to see it or starts to go, hey, there's a dog around, go, cool, look at the dog. Boom, look at me. Bang, reward. You know, or change direction. And as I said, do what your dog knows to do. Follow the lead, etc. And um, if you wait for the bad behavior, then you're kind of repeating it, but also everyone's getting stressed out. Um, anything you can add to that while I quickly look at my notes? No, I think you got it in one, man. And like with, with raising your puppy or like with the rescue dog, the new dog that you have, you need to know what your dog's flaws are as well. So as I said before, like with the cars or with the other dogs or whatever it is, it could be a loud noise, it could be a baby crying, it could be, you know, um, the fact that he's freaking out because the way that you shuffle your feet on the ground. Like some dogs are super um, highly strong, like they're just very scared of everything. So yeah. especially when you're dealing with a fearful dog, my gosh, you should definitely know what's coming up ahead of you. Um I was approaching, have a plan. So, like, what is your plan? Like, what's your goal for that dog when you are out and about in these certain circumstances? And having awareness is one thing. That's, like, step one. Know what's coming. But then also you should have maybe even write down a plan or think it through or your trainer will help you with these goals. But um, whether it's counter-conditioning, whether it's about making space from other dogs or from the sounds of the cars or whatever it is, make sure that you have a plan. And no plan is ever set and always works out but at least you know what you're supposed to do. So like another thing you can do is if you're walking down the street and your puppy gets a little bit unsure, so like along the beach where I live and um, we do a lot of puppy classes and we walk up along there, if we see like the bike coming past and the, and the puppy's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, and starts like backing up, take like three steps out onto the grass rather than getting him to sit and to endure that stress, you know, and, um, and then over time you need to know, we talk about like critical distances. So the, the, the dog may not be reacted to the bike 20 metres away, but 15 metres it reacts. Now 20 metres and 15 metres to the average person looks like almost the same thing. So you've got to kind of be sensitive to what what is space. What the dog's telling your you dog. as well, yeah. Yeah, if you don't know what your dog's telling you, my gosh, it's just it's such a awkward situation. You know, if you don't know what your missus is like in certain situations and you're not paying attention, you only see the freak out or the panic then you get frustrated. So you should be aware and know, okay, when we go into these certain situations, or even have some awareness of yourself. Sometimes you don't know why you're getting anxious about certain things. It's like, oh, it happens to me every time this happens. I never really thought about that. You know, if you're not, if you're not reading your own body language or reading body language of people around you, it's, um, it's an awkward place to be. So like, um, yeah, so talking about being active and not reactive is about having that plan, putting into into play. And when you're – and you've got to know – so let's talk about as well if your dog's not into food because a dog may not want food or may not want the ball or may not want tug when you're out and about. That's where it comes down to being being proactive to know that, well, maybe my dog's not ready to walk the Espinada in Cronulla. And I think that's all, where, we, where we got the dog so we can walk the Espinada. That was the whole point of having the dog. Well, if the dog's not ready for it, then – 
then don't go there, you know, and how do you know without understanding the, those um, the, those elements of, of your dog's behaviour, you know. And there's another topic that I want to talk about today in regards to um, like setting goals and what is a goal for training. So like my goals for Nuki at the moment is that I want her to be able to hold it down, say, for a good chunk of time. And when I say a good chunk of time, my ideal goal would say at the moment I'm going to set something like 10 minutes. She can successfully do like five minutes. I know she can do five minutes, but that's in every situation. Now, not in every situation. It's, it's the circumstance. Now, she's three kilos. She gets a little bit awkward when a puppy runs full speed at her. So she's not going to hold it down while the puppy's running at her. Even yesterday I had spades in the down while I was um, practicing with the dog because the dog's a little bit scared of, of other dogs. Mm. Now, she's a big staffy. She's gone up, sniffed him, and then went around him, and he lay down. And now the lead was caught up around him. And if she continued to walk around him, then the lead would go up under him. He's like, oh, this is uncomfortable. So what I did was I saw that was about to happen, and I can preempt that what was going to happen in the next three seconds. And I told him, okay, to get up and to move. So that way the lead didn't get caught yeah, up. Yeah, you avoid that. That's a dog train. Yeah. Avoid it, yeah, of course. Now, ex- to be honest, you want good situational awareness. You want to know what's going to happen. It's all about practice. You've got to screw it up 100,000 times until you start to really understand what it is that's about to come, you know. Um, I learned – can you hear Leo in the background heaps? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay, hold on. Give me, give me one sec. He's all right. Hopefully that's a little bit better. Let's close the door. Oh, that's all right, yeah. Um, and he's just trying to vo- vocalise his, uh, discovering his new, his new vocal capacity. He's yeah, like, he's a little singer, you know. He's got a lot to say. It's going to be interesting when he starts actually talking for real. Talking about right. yeah. <laughs> it. Um, what was I just saying? Lost my train of thought. Preempting, knowing, experience. Yeah, you've got to screw it up, right? Um, and I wasn't going to flow there. Bloody Leonardo. Um, that's all good. Um, ah. All right. So personal experience. When I, when I was young and I got, I got attacked and I got stabbed, that was a pretty dodgy place to be. Uh, my senses and my awareness of things were like super high um, enriched. Like I was like, I was quite traumatized that even for a good chunk of time, I wouldn't go outside to my car at night time. I was just too scared of it. Um, Walking in my house at nighttime, it just, you know, the demons in my head were kind of coming alive and it was pretty bad. Even like walking down the street, if I had like a, a male man, like a, an adult male look at me, I would like look away. I just didn't want that sort of conflict. You know, obviously that's trauma and that trauma lasted some time. And, um, and one thing that I, like even when I was to go, and I didn't notice I was doing this until only I started to realize I'd go into like a cafe or a restaurant and I'd always sit with my back to the wall looking at the exit. Didn't even know I was doing it. Fully tactical, obviously, because I was in survival mode, right? Um, which is no way to be because you're like heightened all the time. And um, and one thing that my mentor taught me because I was speaking to him, like, look, you know, it's um, it's kind of annoying that I can't look at someone in the eyes when they walk past without me like looking away automatically. And one thing he said to me is like, when they look at you, smile and nod. And you know what? 99% of people will smile back when you smile at them. Yeah. Um, and even if they don't, it doesn't matter. You've changed your pattern in your behavior. Yeah, if they don't smile, that's on them anyway, isn't it? And it's not, and it's not about them like liking me or smiling at me. It was yeah. about counter conditioning. It was about going, I change my body's chemistry by changing my body language. If I do this and look away, that is more of a flight response than 
and like yeah. engaging with it. And I know that I knew consciously that no one was just going to come and attack me on the street. Like it was very rare for that to happen. Yeah, sure. Um, even though it's happened, but um, but I know that was just an, an odd experience. However, um, going down the street now, I'm aware what's a threat, what's not a threat, and um, let's give another personal experience. This is not dog related. I was um, in Newtown and I had just damaged my knee, so I was on crutches, and I got to the traffic lights to cross pedestrian crossing and I had Tanya on my left-hand side and she had her purse on her left-hand side and there was this dodgy individual standing up against the wall like kind of like it, it looked really weird but he was like, looked like he was scanning people that were walking past and he looked at me and I was looking at him and he looked at me, looked at him, he looked at my crutches, he looked at my missus and looked at her purse while we're standing at the lights and this will happen within a couple of seconds and I'm like, oh, damn, I can't fight this guy um, if he decides to take her stuff or whatever. Again, Maybe I'm being paranoid and nothing was going to happen. Mm. But I, I observed that behavior. And then while I observed it, he came up and he stood uncomfortably close to Tanya while we we're waiting for the light to go green or walk. And I'm like, oh, this is shit. So I said to her, hey, my knee's really sore. When the light goes green, we just need to wait for a couple of seconds. I just need to kind of stretch it out. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're all good. She didn't notice the guy. The lights went green. I swear to God, we just stood there. The guy stood there was waiting for us to walk. I'm assuming he was just going to grab the bag and run. That's what he looked like he was going to do. Yeah. But he's, we were standing there for like half of the time it was going that it was green. And he stood there for like five seconds and he was like back and forth, like, fuck, and then he started walking. I was like, maybe he was being polite so and didn't want to walk. Otherwise, right? Exactly. And I didn't want to like go, oh, come on, while I've got like hopping on one leg or anything. I, didn't, I wasn't even willing to, even if I was healthy, if someone's going to take your bag, let them take it. But if you can avoid it, you can avoid it. Now, let's just say he was going to do that. Um, in that moment, it was avoided because I had awareness around me. Like you're scanning the environment, looking around. If you've got a dog that's aggressive, don't walk with your, with, your, um, with your head up in the clouds and then you walk around the corner and then your dog lunges at another dog and bites them. Like you should be having these systems in place to know, first of all, where, how, what sort of control measures do I have on my dog physically? How can I try to get my dog's focus on and attention on me? How can I correct the behavior that I don't like? But also, if you're going to walk around the corner, I don't know, if you can, try to see what's going on around the corner or maybe walk a wide berth around the corner. Or if you're walking down the street and you're assuming that dogs aren't going to run up to your dog because, well, I wouldn't let my dog run up to dogs. Well, I would then assume that other people won't do that, but people will do it. They'll go, come my dog's out of your dog. And they're saying that while the dog's basically already on top of your dog. You know, so you should see these things. Or even, for example, um, having a dog that's scared of people approaching your dog, your dog's scared of men, and then the man goes, oh, cute dog, and comes to pat. A lot of people would say, oh, no, stop, please, because and they start to have this whole dialogue about what's happening. What you need to do is that guy looks like he's about to touch my dog. Oh, I then call the dog's name, put a little bit of light pressure on the collar and go, you know, um, Bentley, the dog looks at me, yes, boom, 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 reward, and then make some space. The dog learns he can move away, focus back on me when someone's approaching. Don't wait for the guy to have already kind of touched your dog's head while you do that and no eye contact with the person don't look at them and smile and then go oh yeah no he's scared and because this is what happened like you can't go dialogue that's a whole story and say that can effectively within a second and a half so you've got to be quick with it no um eye contact and just walking past and keeping the main thing the main thing with your dog that has this sort of issue it is also really important too does that does that make sense yeah it makes sense definitely yeah, you know, like if you're if you're not being aware of what's happening around you, you're you're backwards, you know. So, um, I guess you know, yeah. you, like you said, you've got um, a lot of experience 
um, because of the fact that you are a dog trainer, you've been doing it for, say, 10 years now, and that's given you more situational awareness. But I think the lesson here is that everyone who has a dog has the opportunity to, to tune into the signals that the dog is giving them, pay attention yeah. to that, and, and to increase yeah. their own their own level of situational awareness. You've got that dog right in front of you. It's got amazing hearing, amazing um, smell, sense of smell. Yeah. Use, utilize 100%. that. Well, like even at nighttime, I'll be sitting up in the park, like, you know, just doing some breath work, just hanging out, and I have spades with me, and I'll hear a little click or like someone step on a twig or something. And then as soon as I hear it, and it's not very close, you can hear it's kind of in a distance away, but you hear some rustling. As soon as I hear it, spades like, mm, mm, mm. and like, the, like because of having spades around for so it's long and being like around. confirmation, yeah. Yeah, it's like me and him have kind of tuned in together, you know. Maybe there's, maybe I'm influenced by, by him as well, you know. Mm. Or, um, and as I said, you know, like meditation sort of practice is really important because you're stilling your mind for 10 minutes and just focusing on your breath. Let the thoughts come in, let the thoughts go away. Don't try to control the thoughts, but also hear the sounds. Don't go to the quiet cave in the middle of nowhere. Do it when there's a car driving past and the plane going over and your baby crying and, you know, your phone buzzing. Like you want to hear those things but not be attached to those things, but just simply hear them. And I think that's really important because when you're out on the street, you're hearing a lot of things and you're not, and you become desensitized to them. And if your dog is, and now you know, if your dog is scared of, you know, the wind, then you become more attuned to the wind because yeah. you're like, oh, I don't want him to be scared. So, yeah, um, yeah, so I think that those are a couple of good points for people to actually like, okay, we've talked about what to do now. How do you tune it up? Well, now just hearing about this, now I've created the possibility for you to understand it. But it's something that is like a residual dog training thing. It's not like dog trainers teach situational awareness. It's that we expect them, we expect people to have it. And that's, don't expect it. You've got to practice it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah, anything. So. It's like a muscle. You think of it as your situational awareness muscle. The more 100%. you use it, yeah. the more you'll have it. You know, it. in times of, you know, time, like, you know, I'm always thinking about, you know, I'm, um, possibilities that can happen you know and and if you are going to be out with your family you know you know when you're more aware when you're either on your own, when you're alone or when you're in alone in a place where you're not sure of or when you're um with your family with the, with people that are more vulnerable than you you know yeah. Yeah. where if you're with you with the boys maybe not so much because you've got that protectiveness you know what i mean around mm. you or whatever it is mm. You know, and um, or even when we we're in Europe, for example, like I proposed to Tanya when we we're in Europe, and she had her new ring. And um, you know, there's certain places when we're walking in certain areas, I'm like, hey, flip the ring backwards, like so you don't see the diamond; it just looks like a like a ring. Yeah. Um, you know, like little things, like and it may be like I've wasted my time for 20 years, you know, expecting the worst, or maybe not. Maybe there's been a few times where we say we've helped each other out. You know, better um, to do that in that situation and be wrong. Rather than not yeah. do it and be wrong, yeah, and have, exactly. God forbid, someone you know in you know like let's say you're in a dodgy part of I don't know it's Athens or Italy or Rome somewhere you know there's gypsies around and stuff like that. Someone rolls you for your fucking ten thousand dollar, whatever how much you yeah. spent on that ring. It's a lot of money, you know. You're better to be exactly. just a little bit like situationally aware and go, hey, just to flip that around for a couple of minutes. Around. What's yeah, the prepare worst? Prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Yeah. You know, and especially where all of our senses are heightened now, people are saying like, you know, um, well, watch out, don't open the door to like sanitary cleaning people that have been sent by the government because apparently they're doing raids on people's houses. You know, like an old person opens the door, it's like, oh, free sanitary thing, 
disinfect your house because of the virus, whatever. Um, so yeah, come on in. And then before you know it, everything's gone, um, you know, so having awareness of, you know, what you can trust, have that gut feeling start to start to trigger. If you're, if you, um, if you are at home and you've got a baby walking up to your dog, aware, be aware of, Ooh, I don't know, my dog looks a bit stressed there. You know, start start studying dog body language. Know what it means when the ears are flat and eyes are up and the dogs are kind of looking away. We call it the whale eye where, if you can see in the camera, like the dogs are like looking at the thing. While if you see more white than than black, it's called the whale eye because the dog's like, oh, I don't know what to do. These are signs of stress. If you're not picking up on these little tiny gestures and body language cues, you're you're behind the game. You're only going to see the bite, the bark, the growl, the jumping, the lunging. You're only seeing those things like, oh, out of nowhere, my dog reacted. No, it wasn't out of nowhere. Yeah. I bet you if you recorded it and watched it back, it's pretty obvious. He's been telling so, you about it for minutes exactly. before that. Yeah, of course, and, and years of always doing it, you know. It keeps on getting worse and worse because of the, the message not, not working for him. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what I've got to say about situational awareness. Nice one. I like that. That was good. Yeah. A bit more of a short one today, I think, actually. Where are we at? 26, that's cool. That always that doesn't have to be long. Be an hour long, like it's, uh, you know, every Definitely. topic's different. So, Yeah, 100%. So, um, hey, we're still doing Q&As. Any questions, hit them up. I'm going to answer questions anyway that's happening on the YouTube channel or on Facebook, Instagram, if anyone's got a random question or even a question that a client gives me, I'm putting them up there. But all of you listeners, if there's something that you want to know about, put it, um, send it to us. I'm always happy to do that. And um, yeah, just follow us, follow um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you know, the jazz and, um, you know, where to find us, share it with a friend. Um, and you just did that coronavirus Q and a last week. I think a lot of people are listening to that. It's, uh, it's important, you know, like you're talking about the separation anxiety could be developing as well. Once people start to go back to their normal routine. So you got to pay attention to this and set yourself up with good management to make sure that once all of this mess is over, you know, you haven't created another problem with your dog because you were, at home 24-7 for three months and uh, you you didn't give any thought to it. Have structure but change your routine. That's it. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you remotely. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And uh, the next one we'll do in person. Hopefully uh, everything's good and we're not all like, you know, chained to our houses. Yeah. Or maybe we have to do it outdoors, get the fresh air into us. Yeah, get the – well, they say the best disinfectant is sunlight, so – Yeah, well, I'm going to go for a walk now. It's a beautiful day out there. Yeah, I'm going to go for a swim. Yeah, perfect. Enjoy it. All right, bro. All right, brother. Have a good day. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate, and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips, and techniques, visit nooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.